The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy, and it's actually pretty topical given that Holy Week is about here. You want to check out PlayStation Portable. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash psp and playstation portable is a prayer app just so you know it's got the divine office or uh liturgy of the hours uh every day several hours several different times a day call to prayer so it's a really great app and i really encourage you to check it out so i want to start today with a little bit of feedback from our episode last week that uh jack and thomas and i did on free and open source software and uh, the first one is just a recommendation. Uh, Obiki on YouTube uh, suggested on the subject of audio software, I want to add to the list Ardor Digital Audio Station. Uh, it says it's a very nice software and it's available on Windows and Linux. And I checked it's also on Mac. So it's a uh, cross platform and it's free. It's a multi looks like a multi track audio editor with mm-hmm. takes, takes the uh, standard plugins that are out there available that most uh, audio editors can use. And it looks pretty full featured. So, uh, you know, it's free, so it's worth checking out. Uh, so <laughs> Ardor digital audio station. So, um, very, so nice. very nice. Thank you. Obiki. Uh, then Rob Leonardi uh, wrote in uh, on Facebook. He had two questions. One, as always said on the podcast with it being free, who exactly is making money? And two, with it being open source, how does one trust that what's being used doesn't have some sort of malware or virus that someone added? So I figured we'd t- let's discuss the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's always making money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> not, yeah, and that's what I said. Like when when we talk about like you know something something somebody's always the product, something is always being sold. That's usually with regard to commercial software companies, corporations. Mm-hmm. Corporations have a duty to make money. They have a duty to their owners and shareholders to make money. That you know that that's what they exist to do. Uh, but a lot of open source and free software is some of it is just enlightened altruism on the part of programmers or even small companies that you know, hey, we needed this tool to do this thing that we're doing, and we thought it would be useful to other people as well, so we made it available. We're not going to provide tech support or, you know, don't expect, you know, lots of extra help from us. Um, but here it is. I mean, that happens all the time. And it has happened since the beginning of computing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you, a lot of these open source projects, some of them are as simple as a one man show where he's like, hey, I need to make this tool. Oh, yeah, I got this tool made. Now I can give it to other people and let them use it and continue to maintain it. I mean, that's how Linux started out. Was yeah. Literally one man, Linus Torvalds, sitting down saying, hey, I want to make this this Unix kernel, this Unix-like kernel, and now it's used all over the world for many, many things. Um, there are other projects where they are teams, and the teams are paid, 
and they're paid by companies like IBM and Microsoft and things like that. But there's that they're nonprofits. They're nonprofit teams where, yes, the people are being paid, you know, a living wage or whatever so that they can continue to work on the software. But it's not for profit. Right. You know, I mean, so it, it yeah. a whole range. SQPN is a nonprofit. We <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not here to sell you anything. I mean, we 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 do these podcasts for the benefit of, well, the gospel and for the benefit of people in general. So, you know, that's the same sort of thing. Joanne? And I think sometimes folks start off as free and open to see if there is a market out there or people like us that like free. Um, Because I do like free, but if it ever goes to monetary, depending on if it's useful to me, if it if it makes my life better or makes my work better, yeah, then I'll give them money because it's worth the time, and I know that they're going to follow through with support at that point. Yeah, and in fact, I often you know sometimes prefer paid software versus free software because. With paid software, the skin in the game, you know, that they there's a they, they have an incentive to keep making it and updating it and making it better. You know, I can't count how often I've had free software that even from big companies like Google that have gone away, Google Reader, and, you know, <laughs> and left you high and dry. You know, I, I you know, the, sometimes I want to go to some, some of these software makers like, hey, can I, you know, these individual programmers. Can I give you some money just to give you an incentive to keep making this? Because this has really become essential to me or something along those lines. Yeah, I do like the free, though, because it gives me again, it gives me a chance to look at it. But as my iPhone and iPads will attest, I have a lot of apps that I don't use. So free is always good instead of giving money and then going, this really rots. Um, and yes, I, I share your pain on Google Hangouts, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, just bye bye. Right. Well, and, and the nice thing about open source, you know, of course, there's a difference between free software and open source software. You know, not all free software is open source. Matter of fact, you know, I, a significant portion of it is, but there's a lot of it, too, where, like you mentioned, it's a company puts out a product to see what the interest is. They find there's an interest. So then they start charging for the second edition, second version. Open source, once it's open source, you can always take that code. If it's in a true open source license like the GPL or the MIT license, things like that. Anybody can pick up that code and start working on it. And there have been projects where they died off. It's just like it was the one man working on it, and he he quit working on it, and someone else picked it up, and it started development again. Yep. That's actually a good uh, opportunity to talk about his second question, is how do we trust that this open source software doesn't have malware or virus in it? And I, I And my response is, that's precisely the promise of open source, because since since the source code is open, anybody and everybody, mostly those who have understanding of how programming works, can look at it and say, hey, there is something in here that shouldn't be there. Now, it's not a guarantee. There have been problems where um, bad stuff have gotten into software projects, but that's also happened with commercial software, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Very in true. general, open source means Anyone can look at it and say, yep, this software is is free of this bad stuff. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah. And depending on how how big the project is, you've got a lot of eyes looking at it. And if Mm -hmm. you try to sneak something in, you know, some of these again, going back to the Linux kernel or the K desktop environment, which I use on Linux uh, and I contribute to. I give, you know, five bucks a month or something like that, 10 bucks a month to because I've used it since it came out in the late 90s. but there's a lot of people are looking at it and they are very strict about who can contribute. You know, you go to the the GitHub or the sort, you know, their their 
version control software. And if you're not approved, it gets sat, it sits in limbo till somebody can look at it and say, okay, this is something we need to add. You know, you can't just, can't just show up and throw things in there. And even those who have been doing the project for years, there's other people looking at their code. So you get, there's actually a lot of firewalls against that. It has happened. Uh, there was a recent uh, open source library that is very popular. It's used in many, many projects, a lot many, of you know, commercial, commercial software, yeah. free software. And the developer was getting upset because he wasn't getting any credit or money for it. And so he threw something that broke the library in. Not maliciously, but it broke the software that people were trying to use that had this library that basically, if I remember right, it like popped something up saying, oh, by the way, this is using open source software and I'm the person who wrote it type of deal. Right, right. And I, you know, I look at open open source software, say that three times fast, (laughs) um, as an alternative to commercial stuff that I can't buy. Yeah, that's too expensive that I don't use all the time, such as OBS Studio. If that wasn't open source, I would not have a platform in which to make videos or stream or, or do any of that. So I appreciate the open source community a lot, even though I can't contribute because, believe me, some of it's way over my head. Well, you have stuff like Audacity, which is a great, you know, mm, there's great another one. Audio yep. editors, not to the level of, of Adobe by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a, still a very, very good audio editor. So, yeah. 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 So I hope that answers your question, Rob. Uh, and uh, anyone else who had the same questions, then uh, we would still love to get any, any further questions you might have on this topic of free and open source software. We do plan to come back to it in a, a regular segment on a future episode, but also we can address it in feedback as well. So let's move on to our main topic today. So April 1st, is, is, as we record, is on the way. And we all know that April 1st is a prime time for pranks. And who loves pranks better than tech geeks? I mean, geeks love pranks. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's a DNA thing or whatever. But uh, so I thought we could talk about t- two aspects of it. One, our favorite tech-related pranks that we could pull on other people, perhaps. Uh, and two some of the best tech pranks that we've seen from big corporations on April Fool's Day, that's become a thing for companies to do that. Um, and you know, we can talk a little bit about whether they should be and whether it's gotten old or a little, or, or that sort of thing as well. But um, I, I just thought we could, you know, talk about this, but I want to disclaimer first, this should always be done in good humor with someone who won't mind too much if you do this and, you know, and don't leave them hanging, pull, pull them off the hook very quickly. Uh, don't, uh, don't harm somebody. Don't, uh, you know, don't harm their data, th- that sort of stuff. Don't, that, those, that's not prank. That's just malicious meanness. And don't do any of that. But the problem is it's a Saturday this year. <laughs> right. So, so people in offices aren't going to get the chance to do this type of stuff unless you do it Friday, which would be right. the ultimate prank. Yes. Yep. Yes. Pull your pranks. Like, well, it just should be like any other holiday. We just, if it falls on the weekend, move it to like the Monday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah the, uh, the, the, the government, the government celebration of April Fool's Day is Monday. <laughs> no, I thought that was I, April 15th. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I cannot do anything to my secretaries on Holy Week. Just not going to no, work. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> or your priest yes. or yeah. correct <laughs> or your liturgist no <laughs> there's an old uh joke that's maybe not in the best taste but is a uh, resurrection was the 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 best april fool's joke ever because you know it's like i'm not dead ha yep. <laughs> Ooh. i don't know if that's in bad taste or not but fooled well. you. Yeah, yeah. Fooled you. 
<laughs> All right, so let's get to the to the pranks because I want to start with one that uh, I it sounds a lot of fun to me, which I, I saw someone talking about online. Which if you have access to your victim's phone or their Mac, and this might also work on Windows, but I, but I know this can work on on iOS or Mac, is uh, change the language that Siri responds in to not whatever is not your like from you you know or my wife would be my wife my poor wife uh, she's gonna get subjected to all this uh to something not english so that it responds to you and say spanish or <laughs> french or german or some other language and they could freak them out like what is going on i mean i don't know if you could do it like for cortana on windows or the you know or whatever google's voices but uh that's that is a nice small harmless one so <laughs> I, I might I might try that on the home pod for my husband, change it to French because he took he he was brought up in a French household. So let's see if he notices the difference. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, you could you could definitely do it in Google. And of course, you know, there's always the, the old changing the display language as well. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Why do all my menus look in a different language, especially if it's yeah. a language with a different uh, uh, alphabet, like, you know, Russian Cyrillic or one of the. Asian language, you get really or, messed yeah. with them. <laughs> Arabic, or, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's a good one. Um, how about another one? Anybody have an, another one that you, that you would? Uh... Well, kind of along the lines of display messing with displays. This is one that goes all the way back to Windows ninety five. I mean, this is this is one of the earliest ones. You you know, if you got someone who they always have to have their icons, and they're always using their icons. Take a screenshot of the blank desktop move all their icons into a folder somewhere on the desktop and then change their wallpaper to the screenshot. <laughs> so the, oh. so they would click on, they're click, trying to click on the icons of their apps or documents yep. and it's not or, doing anything. Or another option of that is like you open up a you know word file or something like that. And if it's somebody who's, Grammar drives them nuts. Bad grammar drives them nuts. Or bad misspelling drives them nuts. Purposely type something on it so that it's misspelled or it's gra- you know gr- grammatically wrong, and watch them try to correct it. Same <laughs> with, kind of idea with the screenshot. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, no, I saw- and see, I w- I went the other way uh-huh. with that with the screenshot. And if if people are not familiar or don't use Stage Manager in Mac. Uh-huh. Just turn stage manager on and they can't find anything. That's right. It's yeah. Because what? everything has disappeared. Where did it all go? I don't understand. What's, <laughs> I can hear my husband. What's wrong with this computer now? <laughs> I don't know for my wife, maybe I should just like close all of her uh, tabs in her browser. That would be that would be one oh, that would drive her crazy. Oh, no, that, that's getting no, demolitious. No, no. Well, so set up a tab group, right? And then, oh, so then switch just... out of the tab group. Okay. All right. Maybe. That's a Safari feature where you could, you, all the open tabs, it puts it in a group, and then you can switch out of it, and all that goes away, and you just have a blank tab. Where's my tabs? The, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, 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 that might be the end of your marriage. If, <laughs> yeah, tread, tread very carefully yeah. on that one. Or at least finding out how comfortable the futon is these days. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> True. Um, another one would be to set a sleep schedule on your victim's computer to go to sleep in the middle of the workday. <laughs> so you can, with a lot of computers like Macs and Windows, you can set a sleep a sleep schedule. And sometimes people do that, like it wakes up at eight fifty five a.m. and goes to sleep at five thirty or whatever at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, this way you can actually go to sleep in the middle of their like they're typing along, working, and all of a sudden, boom, 
it goes away. <laughs> it goes to sleep. Yeah. That would that's that that is a, a nice one because as soon as they hit another key, it will come back up again. But there will be that just brief moment of ah, what happened to my computer? And yeah. that, that's a nice fun one. See, I, I can't do any of this at home because it's tax season. I know. Oh. You know, <laughs> and your I husband mean, is a it's a accountant, is a yeah. tax preparer, so yeah. I I just can't play with the. Com- <laughs> I can play with the iPad, but that's stretching it. Yeah. So. Or the other tech, like the home pods, like you mentioned, that would be good too. Yeah, I can uh, do that. Yep. Um, so uh, one that I like is to take, to get your victim's f- phone. If you get it again and program into the auto correct, this, so you, there's an auto correct uh, place on, on Android and iOS where if you can type in common misspellings, right. Or common expansions. Like if, like if I, you could, if you type a phrase, a certain phrase all the time, you can, you can type an abbreviation and then whenever you type the abbreviation, it'll expand it. So what if you took any common word that your phrase, the phrase that your victim uses and replace it with something long and slightly embarrassing, like um, replacing I'm sorry with, uh, you know, or okay to be a long nerdy movie quote. And then, <laughs> And then in a group text, you send them a, 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 a message which elicits that response, like, okay. And then instead of okay, it says something long and embarrassing, weird. No, no, no. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Oh, I, I, was, I was saying, no more rhymes, I mean it. Would you like a peanut? Oh. Or I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yes. There you go. Yeah, but you can come up with all kinds of ones, especially ones appropriate to that particular person. Um, I've seen one about flipping the display so that, you know, it's similar to the whole changing the desktop into a, a background there, you can, um, on, if you have an external display, so this won't work on a laptop, but you can, um, flip it upside down. Like you can rotate the image on the screen so that it's upside down, um, or sideways. Uh, so that, that's, that would be a fun one. Um, on a Mac, it would be in system settings, display, and um, there should be a button called rotation for external displays. Uh, on Windows, I guess, control alt down arrow will flip it. Control uh, alt up arrow will restore it. And remember, don't do pranks unless you, are, you know how to restore from it. Don't do what right. ended pranks. Or if uh, you're going to go out, mm-hmm. don't don't let that happen while you're out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> this one is a good one. My, my brother-in-law came up with this one, it, which is um, you set up a Google voice number, like a new Google voice number or something like that, and then text your victim, welcome to Snail Facts or something similar. Uh, you've been subscribed to Snail Facts and we, you'll receive an hourly Snail Fact or whenever you respond. And since it's a, yeah. a new number, they won't know who this is. And so they will respond and you say, type stop to to end snail yeah. facts. They'll type stop and like, thank you for continuing with snail facts. Here's your next. Stand. And like, just go to Wikipedia yeah. and pull up you know, random facts. Oh my. He, he did snail <laughs> facts. You could do cat facts or any like weird thing. But just and just torture them for, you know, an hour or so and then let them off the hook eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, in, in some of those, um, I know, like, the, the messaging agent in uh, on Android will let you time messages yes. where you can delay when they get sent. And so you could really be cruel and, like, send, put, like, three or four <laughs> of them so every five minutes another one comes up or, you know, whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's just... I've actually started doing that to... Um, 
to text spammers because I don't know if you guys are getting this, but I get I'm started getting mm. these texts from like, hey, you know, hey, Anna, I mentioned this before on the podcast. Yes. Hey, Anna, mm-hmm. uh, we're going. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a wrong message. But can we be friends? And I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you're, it's you're, you're some dude in, in you know, some sweaty dude in a, in a sweat room somewhere trying to get me to give my bank account information. So I, I now started responding with snail facts. Thank you for subscribing to snail facts. That's really good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> and you just pull up the Wikipedia page and just like grab things at random and you drive them crazy. That's, and then eventually oh, that would be good. Then eventually you block them. <laughs> but oh, I, I would block them after I sent the, sent the, the first message. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the only thing I'm going to be able to do is tape the bottom of the mouse. Yes. That's a it's good, it's an old trick and it's something quick and he'll scream for five minutes and then I'll <laughs> let him off the hook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Put a little tape over the bottom of those. That works on, on optical mice. It goes all the way back to the, uh, to the ball the mice. Ball mice. That would work yeah. with it too. Mm. Uh, Father Gore, you yeah. had one that goes way back to the original optical mice. So when optical mice first came out, they weren't like the current ones that can work on any surface or any non shiny surface. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, like if you have it a shiny desktop or a glass desktop, optical mice don't like that. But a you know a regular desktop will work. Well, when they first came out, they actually needed like a special gridded uh, mouse pad. It was like a metal reflective mouse pad. And the company that I I saw use them was Sun Microsystems. You know, Sun, which created mm-hmm. Java and later is now part of Oracle. Um, so, but they were gridded in such a way that it read the grid to know whether know whether it was going up and down, left or right, because the lines were different. So if you turned it ninety degrees, oh, you would you would slide to the left Dear. and it would move up, yep, and right would go down, and you know, and so and it was just a very simple thing. And of course, it was a rectangular mouse pad. It's the same size of my my mouse pads you see today still, but yeah, that was just kind of a kind of a cruel little one if the person didn't realize. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So those are those are some ideas for some fun, harmless uh, April Fool's Day pranks related tech. If you've got a fun one or that you try or if you if you if you do one of these and you get a little video of uh, the person, be sure to send them in. Uh, You could you could send us your ideas to uh, technology at SQPN dot com. We'd love to hear them. But uh, the other thing that April Fool's Day is famous for these days is tech companies mainly, but big uh, lots of big companies online having april fool's jokes and uh so i thought we could talk about some of the ones some of the ones we like some of the ones that are more famous um one of you picked uh the the one from google google does one every yes. year but uh, father cory i wonder if this is yours this is, this is an old one this is goes back to 2007 this is one of their first ones and this is probably in my opinion probably one of their more famous ones it was google tisp t-i-s-p the toilet internet service provider. <laughs> and it's, you know, of course, Google's known for Google Fiber. Well, this was their first attempt, quote unquote, at fiber to the home. And you got this kit that included a reel of fiber optic cable with a waterproof connector on the end and a sinker. And you would take it and you would flush the cable through the sinker and it would go through the toilet to their central hub where they would then plug it in. And then you had your router sitting on the top of the toilet tank with a wire going in like under you into the toilet as you're sitting there. (laughs) I mean, obviously, obviously a joke, but they went, they had pictures, they had a cold kit. Yeah. I mean, you go to frequently asked questions. They show you the different levels. You got, 
trickle level, the number two and the Royal flush. <laughs> oh my. And, and, and by, by the way, to show the time, the trickle was eight megabits down. The number two was 16 megabits down and the Royal flush was 32 megabits down. Wow. That's, and that was considered oh, dramatic wow. speeds then dramatically high. Now speed. we're like, yeah. this is slow, but <laughs> this was, uh, 2011, it looks like it was when they did this one. So, yeah. <laughs> well, 2007 is, I thought, what I saw, but yeah, you oh. might, might be right. Well, the page, the bottom of the page says two th- copyright 2011. So it might, and that be, might be when they 2000- copied it. Cause- right. Yeah. It, um, may, it makes me think that some poor person is try- was trying this thing at home <laughs> yep. to get Google Fiber, you know, really. Don't, don't flush your fiber. <laughs> and, and, and by the way if you if you follow links there's there'll be links where it'll be uh, not found uh-huh. and it makes it clear that this is that they did uh or it says you know there may be many there are so many reasons why this was not found or less plausible yet theoretically possible depending on which ill-defined grand unifying theory of physics one's described to some u- some random un- fluctuation of space-time continuum Da, 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 da. <laughs> or of course, the most likely scenario is an April Fool's joke that we hacked together at the last minute. <laughs> at the last minute, yeah. that's this sounds like people have way too much time on their hands. Yeah, <laughs> this this wasn't done at the last minute. They'd spent no. some time on this. It's, no. it's, yeah, it it's was. Good. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it, the last question: Why is TISP in beta? When things go wrong with TISP, they go very, very wrong. Let's <laughs> oh. just leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so uh, there was another one, too. This was an old, old one. This one goes back, uh, you know, 80 years. What's this one, Father Corey? Okay, so yeah, this goes back BI, before Internet. Yep. The Turbo Encabulator. And this was an April, sort of an April Fool's joke. It actually showed up in uh, Time Magazine back in the 1940s, mid mid to late 40s. And this is really the first sense of of uh, techno babble. You know, Star Trek is known for techno babble. Well, this yep. is the start of the techno babble. Um, you can go and watch videos where people have done this. Matter of fact, I've I've given a link to Dom that he'll put in the show notes for when Chrysler did it. When somebody when a Comment or in a guy at Chrysler did it as part of their little tech videos they do. Yep. Based on the, in his, uh, here's uh, what a GE tech page says based on the principle of power generation by the modal interaction of magno reluctance and capacitive direct directance, the turbo encabulator negates the relative motion of conventional conductive motion. Uh, of conventional conductors and fluxes. It consists of a base place, a prefabricated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing and goes on and on and on. And none of that means anything. <laughs> none of that means anything. Jeez. You will see, you'll see these videos like the one I linked to where it, the, it's a guy doing like a tech video. Cause if you, you remember yeah. those, like those old tech videos where they talk about their product and how to service it and everything. Yeah. And he's doing it totally deadpan. Totally serious, just like you would have done any other tech product. But he's just rattling through all these this techno babble. Right. I've actually seen a different version of the guy reading this this thing where he's walking in front of like, I don't know, like random blinky panel, like blinky yeah. light panel. You know, uh, Honeywell had one. Yeah. Um, it, Chrysler had one. GMC had one. It's sort of become like a rite of passage in the in industry to have this particular turbo encabulator. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and then there, have, there have been others. There's a hyper encabulator. There's yep. <laughs> it's really good. But this is where techno babble comes from was from this. OK, yeah. I mean, it is like, yeah, it is techno babble. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> 
So sometimes these go a bit wrong. And I think this next one was an example of it because um, wasn't the Volkswagen, this Volkswagen prank didn't like it, it was just a couple years ago. Yeah. People got upset about it. What was this oh, one? Oh, yeah. This was they decided because they were going into electric cars now that they would change their name to Volkswagen instead of Volks. Yeah. And it looked <laughs> yeah. real. And I remember the hubbub of everybody, including my husband, with the time had a Passat. So yeah. like, what, what are we calling these cars now? This is really stupid. And it, it it really worked because people believed it. I guess it came out a few days beforehand. Yeah. So it made it look really plausible. <laughs> and then they turned around and said, now nah, we think we're just going to keep it the way it is. We, you, yeah. the, the people have spoken in April Fool's. Yeah. So yeah. that was, yeah, I remember th- that it was just a couple of years ago. And I remember people kind of being a little angry about, yes, ab- about the, the <laughs> trick and uh, it kind of blow, blowing up in their face a little bit. Yeah. Well, they were having other problems at the time, so they probably thought this was a great way to deflect. Oh, right. uh, no, <laughs> no. Not, not so much. Nope. Too soon. Too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. And so what do you think? I mean, there was a, well, let me, let me talk about the, 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 my one for this uh, section and then because thinkgeek.com is they're known for having toys for geeks they have all kinds of fun cool geeky nerdy things but they've been known for their april fools products like so products that they pretend that they sell and they had one it was the tauntaun sleeping bag and star wars empire strikes back there was a scene in which luke skywalker spoilers for a 40 year old movie 35 year old movie uh, <laughs> luke skywalker is in the cold and he has to be his he's riding this creature called a tauntaun um sort of like a camel for the for freezing weather and uh the tauntaun dies hansel has to save him cuts open the tauntaun and shoves him inside the viscera where it's nice and warm to keep him uh, from freezing to death and uh that's why the old joke is is what's the te- internal temperature for tauntaun lukewarm oh, <laughs> oh. so they, so they made a tauntaun sleeping bag which uh people loved they they thought it was the the, the greatest thing since sliced bread you know because you know nerds we love the joke um and this thing it, so it looked like um a tauntaun a sleeping bag and the interior fabric looked like viscera you know in, intestines of you know the creature um and people loved it it was this was 2009 people loved it so much they actually made it a real product for a while uh you can't get mm-hmm. them anymore they don't sell them anymore but uh so it, it's it's the the unusual one of the April Fool's joke that actually became a real thing uh, eventually. Think Geek is, was well known for that. And sadly, I don't think 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 Geek even exists anymore. I think it got bought out or. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably it's because yeah. I tried to cl- click a link on one of, one of the products and it took me to GameStop's website, which yeah, speaking of products that aren't going to exist much longer, uh, <laughs> I mean, GameStop, but, yeah. um, but no, they, they were well known for coming up with these just off the wall things. And everybody's like, we want this. Oh, you actually want this? Okay, we'll make it then. <laughs> we were just kidding, you know. They, uh, they, I remember one. The other one that I remembered was the the canned unicorn meat. So it looked like a spam can, mm-hmm. but it said unicorn meat inside. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, was, <laughs> get get that for some little girl in your life. Uh, for yeah, great. <laughs> Sparkles not included. So some people think that you know that. The April Fool's Day jokes by big companies has run its course. We shouldn't do this anymore. We should be more serious. What What do you think? I mean, is it? I mean, I can see the case you know, because in the day of fake news and disinformation, maybe this sort of thing we need to be more careful about. 
about spreading this sort of stuff. What do you think? I always, I always enjoy these. I'm yeah. Uh, I always enjoyed them. I always was a, you know, there were so many good ones, but it's kind of gotten to the point now where it's just like, now I'm going to stay off the internet on the first on April 1st. <laughs> right. They just, cause some of them get really, some of them, first of all, there, there's really no thought put behind them. I mean, they're just dumb. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's some of them where it's just like, ah, I feel like I'm, it's almost yeah ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's run its course, but not because I think companies need to be serious. I think it's because, if they're going to do it, they need to do it well and they mm. need to do it right. And they mm. really aren't. They're just doing it because that's what you do now. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. many feel like it was, they were dreamed up in a uh, marketing office, you know, because on the editorial calendar for marketing, it says we have to come up with a, an April fool's yep. campaign. And so let's all sit around a table in a conference room and come up with something that will be exactly. approved by some humorless vice president. somewhere. And, and, <laughs> and the classic ones were oftentimes like, like the Google ones were a lot of them were, a crew in Google came up with an idea and they put the page together like that TISP one yeah. and it got posted. Yeah. Yeah. And it, a lot of that's lost. You know, it's not as, as ground grassroots as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel that, you know, first thing is I don't believe any celebrity dies on April 1st. <laughs> right. Right. Even the ones who actually do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the easiest one to go to. And and, and I'm on the fence. You know, there there are so many of them. You know, you don't know what's real, what isn't on April 1st. But on the other hand, we need to lighten up. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we've gotten to the point where we're pretty jaded about everything. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to get a good one and you can lighten up and say, "Okay, that was funny. Somebody actually thought a good one up. But then again, yeah, there's those vice presidents who have no humor (laughs) and they think it's funny. And the rest of us go lame. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, another corollary to this is no company. Will announce any new product on April first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is correct. Yeah. So just you know, if you see a new product announced on April first, just trust it is not a new product. <laughs> so uh, all right, so that's our April Fool's uh, ideas, our walk down memory lane. And if you if you pull off any April Fool's pranks, we'd love to hear uh, about them from you and uh, let us know at technology at sqpn dot com. So before we move on to our headlines, I want to talk about some, uh, I want to thank our patrons. That's what I want to talk about is I take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Aga O, Sean M, Brian S, Sean M, and Ruben L. Sorry, I got confused. (laughs) They're generous (laughs) tax deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So let's get to some headlines. So here's one, a tech headline, a Catholic tech headline. Uh, the re- Just this past week, in this viral image of the Pope, Pope Francis, wearing a Balenciaga, which I presume is a very expensive fashion choice, uh, puffer coat, uh, you know, out in the public, it went viral, and part of it is, is Pope Francis's famous appeal to poverty and and you know uh, getting rid of uh, ostentatiousness and this idea that Pope Francis would be wearing this very expensive puffer coat in public uh, shocked people. Well, it turns out that it was this is an AI image. It's a viral image that this one guy came up with uh, using the Mid Journey AI art generator and. Uh, 
it caused some controversy. And he said he he said he never thought it would go viral. He just kind of did it to be to to be funny. Um, he was um, trying to cheer himself up uh, after his brother died, which is you know as sad as it is. And um, but he didn't want it. He never intended to cast aspersions on Pope Francis. What do you think? I mean, is it is it in poor taste or do people overreact? What do you think? I I. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my <laughs> reaction. Uh, although in this article from BuzzFeed, I do think that Anne Hathaway does wear it a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but no, I think when we start to get into stuff like that with famous people, and I know that's what they want to do, um, we start treading lines a little bit. You mm. know, we start crossing lines, and and it's not that. You see, if it were Pope John, if it were Pope John Paul the Second, I'd believe it more because he did. He was a skier. He right. did wear puffer jackets, <laughs> right. not quite as elaborate as that one. But you know, it, it. The thing that's suspect for me is wearing the the cross on the outside, the pectoral cross. That just doesn't happen. Right, right. That would be so. On the inside. That's like immediately says to me that's a fake picture. Uh, although I got to say, the Mid Journey version five, which is the current version is so much more realistic uh the images that it creates yeah 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 for, for for me it's not so much is it was controversial that it was the pope in this you know elaborate jacket who, who cares <laughs> it's more the fact that it was that believable yes that the ai made it that believable that you know we talk about deep fakes that's what this is this is this is showing the the potential for deep fakes i mean i, I saw a video recently and I can't might even talked about it here on the podcast about what they can do with AI, both for the voice, producing the content and mm -hmm. producing the, the video. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Our next headline will be about uh, a voice AI thing. But um, one thing one thing I point out is you mentioned the pectoral cross There's a second image of the Pope in an orange jacket. And if you look closely, you can see that the chains of the pectoral cross merge into the the strings for the hoodie oh, yeah. of the hood i mean there's a clue there that yeah you know and and that's the thing is is there's still even as good as some of these are there's still clues of you know that these aren't the actual thing but they'll that's just going to get better <laughs> you know so and that's it. gonna and that's gonna scare me because then a what do we believe anymore when we see things and two as a genealogist is this going to get trickled down to our, you know, descendants as real when it's not? Right. Well, I mean, this has been a problem for a while already with Photoshop and 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 all of that photo manipulation. Yeah, but not this good. Not this good. <laughs> well, I mean, even like even Photoshop, like a lot of these magazine covers, this is that's not how that actress really looks in real life or model. I, I mean, I saw what was that the Top Gun Maverick uh, poster art, and I'm like. Tom Cruise doesn't that's not Tom Cruise. That is an illustration that, you know, that's been either heavily airbrushed or whatever. So we've got these you know issues with this for a while. But yes, it is getting even more crazy. But it just emphasizes don't just believe anything you see or hear. You know, take everything with a grain of salt, research or look into it. Don't the, the outrage generation machine, you need to get out of that cycle <laughs> and and um take it take everything with a grain of salt. I, I do get a kick out of the guy who created this was was on hallucinogens at the time that he did this. <laughs> yes, the poor, so that had to make it even more trippy for him. The poor guy. <laughs> uh, so uh, 
in fact, someone sent me a link to a Facebook group where uh, people have AI art, and there was some other more images of Pope Francis. This time he was at a club uh, breakdancing. So, <laughs> like, hey, if Pope Francis could get down and breakdance like that, that power to him. I'm not sure his hips would take it these days, but uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> he, he would break something all right. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the dancing either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to, uh, I mentioned that there was another story about uh, AI voice um, encryption, or not encryption, but uh, voice uh, deepfake. That's what I want to say. Uh, this headline, how I broke into a bank account with an AI generated voice. Now, you have to understand that there are certain systems out there, uh, some banks that allow you to, you know, do your banking over the phone. And in order to verify it's you, rather than type in a password, They've taken a voice print of you at some point in the past when you're setting this up, and then you verify your voice with the voice print. And this guy, so what this guy did was just created a AI generated uh, version of his voice using uh, this Eleven Labs, which is really uh, uh, significantly really good. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, for someone like me who's on get hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts out there, it, it's it's kind of scary that someone could uh, could use that to make a version of my voice. Well, anyway, he used this to log into his bank account, check his balance and, you know, do other things using sound clips of his voice as opposed to himself. Um, and all he needed was his date of birth and this this voice authentication. Um, and this now the article makes this out to be a very bad thing, a big deal. Is it is this, you know, should we be concerned by this or? What do you think? Is this something people need to be worried about? I, I do think it is is something that banks and other you know secure organizations like that need to be concerned about, need to be watching closely. I don't think we're there yet because, like like it said, it had to know his date of birth. And yes, I know that's publicly available information. That's very if you're you know if if it, they want to find out information about like that about us, you can go online and pay ten bucks and do a search, and you'll get that information. You know, and and. It, I think it would be a concern for somebody like us who we have easily available recordings of our voices online. You know, somebody could download our podcasts and make our fake voices. But most of the time, I I mean, like, I don't know of any I don't have any banks that work this way yet. You know, you still have to punch things in. You still have to know last floor Social Security or something like that, you know. So it, it's but it is something that I think as banks are trying to make their their resources more more easily available online and more convenient for people to use, they do need to be watching for stuff like this. I do think. Yeah, I, I don't think I would ever use a voice authentication. I, I just even before this, I think voice is in, in is an insecure password in general. I just don't think the systems are that good. So I, I wouldn't have used this in the in the even before. So it's not. Not a huge concern. Frankly, I feel like banks are often their their security is actually pretty bad. They their their second their uh, two factor authentication is is a text message often. Like don't the like, text is a terrible. Oh, uh, oh that's a that's advanced two factor yeah. authentication. Please it's not the, what was your text. high school mascot? <laughs> right. What was your high school mascot, Scott? What street did you grow up on? Right. I hate those questions. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and as one who studied voice and had to alter my voice my voice and, and it's it's known that your voice goes from a high to a low as you age it is not it, it is not like your fingerprint 
unless you're going to sh- shave those off. But still, it, it, your voice changes and you can manipulate it. You know, it's not like it's not like a fingerprint. So what if Rich Little was still alive? He could probably break into Johnny Carson's account without a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yep. right, right. OK. And he because and what would it would it register as Johnny Carson? Would it register as Rich Little? You know, if you're saying that it that your voice is just like you, it's. Yeah. No, voice no, I don't. Secure. I don't. It yeah. is not. Yeah, I agree. I th- in fact, and I, th- while this article I think is worthwhile, I think it's it's a little bit hypeish, and I, I I don't think it's as it's it's not a world ending. It yes, we need to be concerned about this AI art, uh, AI voice synthesizer, um, partly just so it, it, when it's used for to to uh, deceive us about public figures and that sort of thing. Again, take everything you hear and see with a grain of salt. Um, so. Admittedly, though, you 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 said it was kind of hyped up. Well, it is Vice, where Vice isn't exactly known for not being hyped up. <laughs> yeah, constantly. Exactly. So, uh, hey, let's go to from bad uses of AI to some good uses of AI. This uh, article from Artificial and uh, on uh, sorry, The Guardian on how almost forty percent of domestic tasks could be done by robots within a decade. Which I have to admit, I feel like they've been promising within a decade. <laughs> For, for, decades. for the last two decades <laughs> for the yeah, for, well ever since the uh, the jetsons uh was, yeah <laughs> so rosie the robot <laughs> yes so they say things like shopping for groceries was likely to have the most automation while caring for the young or old was the least likely to be affected by ai which seems self-evident to me um but greater automation could result in a as quote wholesale onslaught on privacy so what do you think of this is uh is is, is this uh, hype or is this you know and, and are you genuinely looking to forward to automation helping you with more domestic tasks as i get older yes please and thank you <laughs> only because and then that's what i'm sort of kind of starting getting into with home automation to get used my husband and i used to that as we get older so that we can there are some things that we can relegate but i have yet to see some of the products that they've been promising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually work well right yeah like I so don't like, that, I, please yeah. let it happen yeah. yeah you know there there definitely needs to be some improvements on current technology you know i've got a i've got a roomba that i don't even use because i have to spend as much time getting the floor ready for the stupid robot so it doesn't catch on cords and corners and vents and if i'm going to do all that i'm just going to pull out the stupid vacuum cleaner and do it myself i have i have i have a dog <laughs> yeah i have a dog enough said i have five yeah. kids <laughs> with legos yeah. but and plus my kids are my Roomba. Hey, go vacuum over there. <laughs> yeah. So, but, I mean, yeah. It, it, I think there's going to be a lot of devices that are going to help make things easier. I mean, you could, if you want to take a real, real loose definition of a robot, an Instapot is a robot, you know, a device that you just throw everything in it. You set it and you forget it until it's done. Yep. You know, yeah. You know, I, I would love to get more automation in my shop, like food shopping. That would be great. Uh, You know, throw it, next week's menu and it figures out knows what we have this is a promise i remember when i was a kid reading you know future things the the robot knows what's in the pantry in the fridge in the freezer and you tell it what you want to make next week and it keeps your your regular stuff stocked and gets you knows what ingredients has to get and then has it delivered i would love that 
preparing for and shopping for, uh, it takes a huge chunk of my, I do the food shopping in my house and that's a huge chunk of my time. I don't want to have to do that. Uh, I would love for automation to take that over. I'll tell you during the pandemic, having the apps to be able to like, like Dom and I live in a region where we use stop and shop and having that app, having me able to pick things and then go pick it up rather than shop the store was a huge boon. When I'm sick now, I do use that again as well, because why should I go in the store if I'm not feeling well, but I need these things. So have the kid bring it out. But for meat still, I'm one of those people that likes to see the meat. Well, I, I'm the same way with like uh, vegetables and vegetables, fruits. Vegetables, same right. thing. I, whenever you let the kid pick the uh, vegetables and fruit, he always gets the worst stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, they do have fridges now that, that have cameras inside the fridge and can show you yes. what's in there. So it's really not that far off when it, you could have the camera. It sees, oh, you're down to your last, you know, little bit of ketchup. Put ketchup on the menu. Or on the uh, on the list, you know, whatever. Oh, you just you just pulled out the last apple, so we're gonna put apples on the. I mean, on the shopping it list, could, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Do you know how much they cost? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Well, that's the promise. Is as these things get more ubiquitous, the price comes down, and that sort of thing. And that's what the hope is that some of this AI in the home becomes more practical, becomes more common and you know useful that's the thing is is it's a lot of it is still kind of concept we have nothing you know they've tried to come up with laundry folding machines it's just not you know it's just too hard right now because it's too many different kinds of clothes try folding a fitted sheet (laughs) exactly yeah when they can make a machine that folds a fitted sheet then i will believe the future is here (laughs) uh yeah so um i would love to see that uh you know you know, up to 40 percent. I'd like to see what 40. Like, I, I didn't dig into the uh, the report itself, what 40 percent they thought uh, in particular. But, hey, in you know, we went from with washing machines and dishwashers. We got rid of a lot of the domestic tasks that freed us up to go to work and, and you know, right. to work inside tasks. the home and, and, and then do even more stuff. But um, it would be nice. I just yeah, I'm afraid that it would we would just fill up that extra time with more busy stressful things so maybe maybe not so good our last headline uh nokia has announced that it's launching a diy repairable budget android phone they're working with the company uh, or a website company called iFixit, who i love they they, oh, they great site they provide repair tools and great repair guides for all kinds of technology including stuff from apple where apple it does not make it easy to repair the stuff so uh this is a response to the modern uh trend among all the big phone makers, for example, that their phones are not repairable. I mean, this has uh, it's it is built to be repairable so you can replace the battery, the camera, the 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 port, the uh, charging port, the screen, all with uh, I fix it guides and tools that and they have price lists for the products. So the Nokia G22 will cost starting at one hundred and fifty pounds. This is a from the British paper, the guardian. So 150 pounds, uh, replacement parts, 19 pounds for a charging port, 23 pounds for a battery, 45 pounds for a screen. So, you know, up front what the cost for plate the replacement costs are. So what do you think? I mean, is this something that you would, you would want? What do you, what do you more think? Please, more please. More <laughs> please. Apple, Google, Samsung. Yeah. Are you watching? Are yeah. you listening? You can make good looking phones that are small, but still repairable. This is a doable thing. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm all for the right to repair. I am very much for right to repair to be able to replace your battery. You know, you talk about iFix, I replaced, you know, the battery on my old iMac, MacBook Pro from them, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I still remember when you actually could pull the back off a phone and that's all you had to do to replace a battery. It wasn't that long ago. And I think this is something we need to see more manufacturers doing because some of these parts aren't that expensive, like a charge port. I had a tablet where the charge port went out. Guess what? I was out of luck. The, the thing was a paperweight at that point. So, yeah, more, more manufacturers need to do this and they need to start doing this now. I'm in I'm in your camp as well now that thank you for the Christmas um you know suggestion of the iFixit kit which I did get oh, good. and mm-hmm. I have used all not just on my technology but in other places in the house that has very interesting screws and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not wedded to a a, a phone that has a glass back. So what the heck? You know, I <laughs> I wouldn't mind putting in, in a new battery or or fixing something if it gets if it gets damaged. Sure, I go for it. I mean, Apple has made some gestures in this direction with its like the the, the sending out the uh, the repair tool kits that you can get for very short money. It's not perfect yet. I mean, the, some of it is these huge bulky tools, and you know you have a limited amount of time to use it and that sort of thing. But it's a gesture in the direction, which is nice. But yeah, I agree. I this phone it does not look bulky and awful like you would expect a modular phone to look. This actually looks like a like a regular Android phone. I don't know how it performs. That's a whole other question. That's that's well, it, and it is a low end device, so it's it's not going to be like my you know Pixel Seven, you know, which is top of the line. It is going to be slow, but at one hundred fifty dollars or one hundred fifty pounds, which is about two hundred two hundred fifty dollars, that's still not too bad. I mean, it, it's it's an entry level phone. I would that give it to a teenager because they're exactly. going to break them anyway. So you may as well. Mm-hmm. Or a husband who just uses the phone as a phone. <laughs> right, right. People do that. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I, I, like yes, like as you said, more please, more of this. We, we want to see more of that. All right, those are our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. Father Corey, you're up first. What's your pick this week? So I've picked lots of games. And of course, when you're playing games, you need a good controller. And one of the most compatible controllers for desktops, laptops, whether Mac, Windows, Linux, is the Sony DualShock. DualShock 4, which comes with the PlayStation 4 Um it is it just works over bluetooth and if you, if you're having issues cuz your bluetooth isn't receiving you can just plug it into usb and it works with every almost every steam game steam comes natively with it so and it's kind of funny too on the front end of it of course you can't see it cuz we don't do video for this but you can it's got a little touchpad on the front where you can use it to move your mouse and click on it oh cuz that's part of you know for the, for the sony but then it's got the the analog controllers and the digi- and the d-pad and the buttons and the triggers and everything so any you know any games that you play it does just great with it you know and it it's a well-known easy to get controller it works well you know of course it's designed for uh console gaming so you know it's going to be rugged right because they 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 test these things to the to the end of their life you know so yeah, it's about 60 bucks, 50, 60 bucks, depending on which model you get. But it's, it's a, just a good, easy, relatively available co- uh, controller for gaming. Yep. Uh, I'm, I have a future pick of the week I'm planning that uh, for Max gaming, uh, where something like this would be very useful to, uh, to, to, to add. So, uh, yeah, 
good, good pick. Joanne, how about you? What's your pick this week? Well, this is an app that I have used constantly when I was doing my own podcasts and when I was doing a lot of formation with families. It's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I'm thinking again of doing a podcast. So I pulled it out. It's called the Soundbite Cart Machine app. Since we were also talking about April Fool's, there's some unlimited uses that this could, <laughs> yeah. this could take on. But what it is, it's an old sound cart that radio people used to have. And you can put up to five rows of 15 sounds or anything else, either sound clips, complete songs, interviews, any anything you got. You could put a whole podcast on this thing. It does live natively to the device you're on. Okay, so it's either on iPhone or iPad. So that's one of the reasons why I have to move it from my smaller one to my bigger one. But I'll tell you, this thing is a riot and a half. And if you, you know, if you've got the occasion to kind of beef up anything, like when I was doing formation, I would use it when they were doing an icebreaker or when we were going to take a break and answer questions, you know, the think thing from Jeopardy would come on, you know, and I was able to control it with anyone, either the iPhone or the iPad. It's four ninety nine. You can't go wrong. And this thing has been around. It's by Black Cat Systems and it's been around for years. I swear by this thing. And there were also there were also 20 different racks so you've got 20 racks of five by 15 if you want but they go down they go down as many as three by six if you can't see like i can't now anymore (laughs) then you need the bigger buttons but you can fade you can you can roll them in you can program them to come on at a certain time it's better than having a machine that's separate because now you've got your ipad and it's i'll tell you it's got so much of my old stuff Yep, it's got all my old stuff on this. <laughs> you know, everything is on here but the kitchen sink. So if you're looking for that kind of a of an app, there you go. Looks like it's been around since 2010. So it's it's, it's a long lived. I remember this from back way back in the day. It's awesome. Yeah, back when everybody was doing all their podcasts, you know, one take and would just they'd have the little <laughs> soundboard. Yep. I'll tell you, and it's better when you're doing it one take than putting it in later because because the missteps are great. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, my my broadcaster has, you know, uh, uh, know, it's it's got that sound sound card built in. Um, Okay, that's enough. (laughs) Yeah, that's see, that's the problem. I mean, I can hit it again to turn it off, but. yeah. And then and then you start playing with it and it's 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 fun, but it is all native. It doesn't go in sound. It does not go in iCloud. You have to have it on the devices. It predates <laughs> iCloud. That's for sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. So my pick this week is a feature, a new feature of Google Photos on iOS. And this has also been available on Android. And if you have a Pixel phone, you've known about this. Uh, the caveat is that you have to be a Google One member. It's like you have to have the, the paid Google One service in order to use it. Right. If you're not, if you're not using an, uh, in a Pixel phone, Pixel phones get it for free. But you're right. Anything else, any, an Android or iOS, you need to pay to Google. Right. And so the feature is, uh, well, among other things, uh, Magic Eraser. And what Magic Eraser is, is you pull up a, a photo, you go to edit it, and 
you uh, tap magic eraser and it will look first it will look for suggestions of things to erase from this from the 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 photo uh people in the background distracting like wires and lines and you know in a landscape photo uh, you know all this sort of stuff it automatically you just say remove it all all the suggested things and it will highlight them or you could say no i really want and you can circle with your finger whatever it is you want removed and it is remarkably good i had a photo of people in a function room sitting around you know tables and like one person was partially blocking a doorway in a cart and i erased them and it filled in the doorway in the cart like seamlessly it was pretty good like how do how do it know <laughs> that, that that it looks like that it was pretty remarkable and yeah i mean it's really kind of neat yeah i've, I've played with it a little bit again on my pixel phone and it is fun it is incredible what it can do and the simpler the background the better you know like like you know the commercial they show them like on the beach where there's some guy standing in the background and they race it well of course that's a simple background sand and, and water but you know if you've got like a complex building or something like that then you will see it you'll see where it tried to guess because this, this is an ai thing where it's trying to guess what to fill in but it's really cool. It is really, really cool. Where you can say, like, I was looking at one picture of my my truck, and it, there was a telephone pole behind, and it immediately highlighted the telephone pole, and I punched it, and no more telephone pole. <laughs> that was it. Gone. Nice. I mean, my favorite is like removing overhead wires and that sort of stuff, like from from you know landscape shots or sunset shots, and like the wires just are distracting. And it's like, can we like, yep, yep we did. <laughs> just, I mean, you could do that before in like Photoshop or whatever, but it was a painstaking process. This is point click, you know, simple and easy. And again, if you're Google, I I'm a Google One user because I needed the the more space for my email. I've you know Gmail email accounts and. I use Google Photos as my iPhoto backup. One of one of them I actually have because it's really good. Yeah, yeah it's a good backup. <laughs> right, but I like to have my photos in not two places but three places because I also have Amazon backing them up too. <laughs> because I keep, one thing I don't want to lose ever is my photos. Uh, so just having that then is makes it possible to do this. So it was a, it's a it's an amazing feature. It's really phenomenal. So I was really happy to get that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That another reason not to get a pixel for me, then I just stay with my iPhone and use this. <laughs> hey, you're you're paying Google either way. <laughs> I know they don't True. care. They don't depending care. How much, depending on how much they charge you per year, you're probably paying more to Google than I am by just buying the phone every three years. Oh, maybe. Maybe I should buy. Maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the reason I can buy another another additional Google phone that could uh, convince my wife. <laughs> thank, thank you for that, Father Corey. So uh, before this gets any more expensive, uh, that's it from us. Uh, what did what did you think of our discussion? Anything we had, we discussed this time? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology. The StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can find links from our discussion and picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC205, Tech205. Remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter, leave us comments wherever you find it, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to thank James for research assistance in this episode, and until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>